Hello, Sonoma. Welcome back. You're listening on KSVY 91.3. Today's episode is a dive into readers' books and what makes that amazing local business so special. Can't wait to get started. Hello, Sonoma. As I mentioned, this episode is about readers' books, about that outstanding little bookstore on Napa Street, just east of the plaza. Um, it was founded in 1991 by Lilla and Andy Weinberg, and to this day is, a, as they say, a gathering place for book lovers of all ages. And that couldn't be, that couldn't be more true. Um, I sat down with Brian, Jude, and Andy to discuss what makes this place so special. And though they all share different perspectives and different experiences, I think what we can agree on is that the community is a is a tremendous it's a tremendous asset. And, uh, and their ability to foster that has been so, so fantastic. It's been 30 years since Reader's Books was founded on this Saturday, November 27th. Uh, I think I'm not alone among the listeners and among Sonomans with tons and tons of Reader's Books bookmarks that I keep in uh, the various books on my shelf that I've been lucky enough to get there. So this is a celebration of all those and all the other memories that you've had at Readers, and it's going to be a really wonderful time. So I hope you enjoy these interviews. Um, they were a lot of fun for me, and thank you to everybody who was involved. And let's just uh, let's get started. All right, everybody, welcome. So I'm here with I'm here with Brian Massey Todd at Readers Books. Hello, Brian. Hello. Such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, Brian, for those of our listeners who don't know you yet. Okay, uh, my name is Brian, and I uh, have been working here at Reader's Books for almost five years now. And uh, I am generally up front at the counter, and uh, I also do take in and price the used books here at the store. Um, I'm actually reading a book right now um, called uh, What Storm, What Thunder. And it's a, a book told from multiple perspectives about the, uh, the first Haiti earthquake. Um, I think that was back in 2001, if I'm not mistaken. I think 2011. 2011, so. I'm sorry. Yeah, 2011. And then I know that there was just a, another recent one, so this was strangely topical as well. But um, yeah, this was uh, very, very heavy reading, it's, and I'm, I'm almost done with it, but it, it's really, really excellent. So I'm really excited to have you here because Readers has been a big part of my life for a long time, and uh, you're an important part of Readers, so this is so special. Thank you. Yeah, it's nice to be here. So let me ask you, what? when did you first get interested in reading? First uh, reading? Well, uh, as a kid, uh, uh, I was read to and, and read um, uh, Harry Potter series and all those things that kids read. Um, but then in high school and as I grew older, um, I kind of stopped uh, just doing other stuff and uh and trying to be a cool kid i think and uh and so uh as i probably hit my mid i don't know 25 24 i started just picking up the books that i that i didn't really read in high school so um i kind of reread some classics and started again so that was i would say five six years ago oh sweet so yeah. you kind of rekindled the the flame that once existed yeah yeah Amazing. So how has working at Readers affected your perspective on, on reading? Uh, well, uh, it, it's here at this, at this particular store, it's, um, it's nice to see lots of, this is the most involved I've ever been in local readers uh, and local 
authors, um, like Andy's book, for example, I, I never would have read that, um, or, uh, you know, some, some poetry, Ada Limon's poetry, I never would have read or heard of her um, if I hadn't worked here. Um, and so I think it's nice to know that there is great work being done close to home. Um, and I've never experienced, not just in, in here in Sonoma, but anywhere I've been, I've never really experienced a connection to local authors and, and kind of a legacy of, the, of that. This isn't your first bookstore you've worked at. I've worked at a lot of bookstores. I've, lurked, I've worked at, a, uh, at a, a few different Copperfields books, and then I, uh, and then I worked at one bookstore in Guerneville. Um, yeah, it was called uh, Twice Told Books. And then uh, it sold and changed names. And yeah, um, it's still there, but it's under, I think it's Mockingbird now. Mm. Um, what do you think makes, I mean, you've read so many different books now. I mean, you read all the time. Mm -hmm. What do you think makes a great book? Hmm. Um, hmm. For, I get into character. So for me, it's, it, it needs to have a character that, not necessarily I like or I empathize with, but that is interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and I also, I've, I was talking about this with, with a, a few coworkers, that I have to be in the right space for the right book. So I could read, uh, you know, uh, some, some big classic one day and, and love it and then go to the next day and I was just not in the right place. Or, you know, so it has, it has to do a lot with the reader as well, where... Just because you read a book once and you don't like it doesn't mean you don't like that book. It might mean that, you know, you in that at that point in your life you weren't you weren't liking that book. So, I think it has to do a lot with, um, you know, the world and uh, the, the 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 situation going on. And I think a lot of books during during COVID people never would have read and never would have enjoyed, except because of the the circumstances going on. That uh, that you know, it, it it brought out a different a different light to to these books. Tell me more about that. You're talking about COVID affecting it. What do you, what kind of stuff did you see? It was so interesting. Um, we got to we got to really see a lot of books, um, and a lot of a lot of books sell that we wouldn't really expect. Um, there was uh, the ones that stand out are nonfiction books just about. Um, uh, pandemics of the past like the spanish flu there was a there was a book called i think it was just called Pan, the, the the 1919 or whatever it was pandemic um, and then but some of our favorites to sell was one called uh, station 11 which mm -hmm. is a one of our favorite books uh, a lot of us have read it and liked it and it's kind of a post-apocalyptic world and um and other and other book love in the time of cholera that was another one where it's just these books that it made us feel like, I think it made everyone feel like this isn't the first time this has happened. And, uh, you know, it, I don't know, here's a, here's a perspective on cholera or here's a perspective on a futuristic plague that, you know, it, it is, it, 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 it's an, it's an idea and it's a, I think a, a situation that might repeat itself. Um, and it was nice to know that this isn't the only time that this has happened. Mm -hmm. We're not alone. Yeah. Temporally. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. So, Brian, if I understand correctly, you're in charge of the used books? Yeah. I take in and price the used books. Um, I, I would probably say that Jude is really in charge, but she's, <laughs> she's shouldered off that, that responsibility to me. <laughs> so how do you decide what goes onto the shelves? It, it's, 
I get that question a lot. Customers ask that question a lot um, because they want to know what they can bring us. Um, but the biggest thing is just what we can sell. It's really, unfortunately, it's really just about that. Um, and it's, and at this point, we have a pretty good idea of what we'll sell and what won't. Um, but there are instances. We were just having this problem a couple days ago where there were two books that I, I knew we shouldn't take. We're never going to sell these two books, but I wanted them, so I took them anyway because <laughs> <laughs> I just thought they were interesting. So how would you describe the kind of books that would sell? Um, generally best-selling books in oh, the okay. store. So uh, I wouldn't say, you know, New York Times bestsellers, but I would say, you know, either timeless classics or, you know, semi-recent books or... Um, or things that the staff knows and likes. So, you know, if, if Thea's favorite book comes in, I know that she'll be able to give that to someone and, and sell that. Totally. Yeah. Okay, so um, I'm sure you get a lot of surprises and fun stuff. Were there any used books that you got that you're really excited about? Maybe one of those two that you were like, I want those. <laughs> um, the, ones, <laughs> the ones that stick out are, are not so much exciting as they are f funny. Um, we uh the, one of the ones actually just just the other day that we got out that was really fun to look up was a it was a, a balzac three great balzac uh books uh, the great french author balzac and um we got a we yeah we got three books that are beautifully illustrated they're still here on the shelf so if anyone wants them they're here <laughs> but uh but yeah they, they were really fun to look through um we got a, a jello cookbook made i don't wow. know with with terrible photographs and just just looked awful uh, there's there's been we've gotten everything we've got you know everything we got a spider in a box so that you know we get all kinds of cobwebs and spiders and uh cool bookmarks and yeah we we get a lot of stuff in the in the used book bags it's so cool that you guys can give life i mean i i'm often over there and it's cool that you can give life to some books that have been through other hands. Yeah, yeah. It's it's more about the fun and, and creating something for the store. Uh, anyone will say that there's not a lot of money in, in selling used books, but uh, but it's nice to have them and it's nice to to have. Th I mean, we even have some books that have gone out of print that um, that you know are either local interest or, or books that we we know that will get asked for, but they are are actually hard to get because they're old or weren't popular or something. Wow. Um, well, I think those are the questions that I have for now. Thanks so much for being on the show, Brian. Thanks for having me. This is really Once again, that was my interview with Brian Massey Todd, the used books expert at Reader's Books. I hope you enjoyed listening to it. The next person we're going to talk to is Jude Sales. Jude has been with Reader's for quite a long time, and she helped set the tone for the entire store as the book buyer, um, which means that she gets to decide what goes on the shelves um, based on different seasons, different events, it's, it's a fascinating job. And uh, setting the tone is so important. Another aspect of the tone of readers' books is a more subtle one, uh, the music in the background. So I thought I'd play this nice little jazz tune, Line for Lyon, as, a, as an homage to what Jude said earlier of how books are a way to travel without leaving your home. So I hope this song does that for you. We'll be right back with Jude Sales on Hello Sonoma. <laughs> Thank you. 
Could you just introduce yourself? Yeah, I am Jude Sales, and I'm the buyer at Reader's Books. And that's all there is to know. <laughs> it's a great start. So um, you've been the bookseller for a, more than 30 years in a variety of bookstores. I've been a bookseller for almost 50 years. For almost 50 years. Almost 50 years in a variety of bookstores. What makes Reader's so special? Oh, it's just small town and feels good. It's family. I mean, I really feel like going to work is just seeing my other work family, and I, it's different. Um, it, we're close-knit. We're small. We know lots of our customers on a first-name basis, and it's, it is small town in a good way. That's beautiful. So uh, since you have definitely an expertise in this field, what do you think makes for a good bookseller? Someone who reads and is passionate about what they're reading and who is enthusiastic and who will pay attention to what people are looking for and not try and give them what they like, but give them what they want. It, it's a skill, but most of the people here are really good at it, which is what makes it fun. And you have a beautiful collection here. What, um, when did you first start to get interested in reading? I was a, a kid reader. I've been reading forever. I lived a block and a half from the library, mm -hmm. and I was allowed to bring home four books every week. And I could go from school to the library and then home. I didn't have to check in. I was, you know, on certain days I was allowed to just go right to the library after school. So that was where you spent most of your... That was how I spent my summer vacations, under a tree reading a book. And, yeah, that was what I did. Did you have any kind of reading mentors, or was it a solo adventure? It was pretty much a solo thing. I mean, librarians were helpful, but I tended to just want to go and dig in on my own. So what got you into the book world? I mean, you were in the world of books, but what got you into the book world? Happenstance. Uh, I, you know, like many people, I moved to California after finishing school, and I sold my car so I could pay the rent, and then I got a job at Macy's <laughs> in the Christmas department. Wow. And at the end of the Christmas season, they said, do you want to stay on? And I said, no. <laughs> and they said, what about in the book department? And I said, oh, well, maybe. And that's, I started in Macy's book department. Wow. What did you study in school, by the way? What everyone studied. Social science. Oh. I could have been a social worker. And here I am. Here you are. I would have made about the same amount of money. <laughs> Sad. So you started at the Macy's bookstore. The Macy's in the basement, mm -hmm. the cellar, there was the book department of, in San Francisco. And it was a very good book department for a department store. And that's where I sort of got my foot in the door. And I found that by the time you were 30, you knew you wanted to be a bookseller. You knew that that was the deal. Yeah, I was pretty in, in, into it by then. How did you know that you were really into it? It's just a feeling you get in your gut, you know? It's, I, I like putting books in people's hands, and I like talking about books. That's all there is to it. <laughs> It's not hard. You don't have to stay up nights worrying about anything. <laughs> you just stay up nights reading. It's a good thing. That's a great thing. What are you reading right now? Oh, well, 
I hate to say it because it's true. Uh, I'm reading Andy's latest book. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I just finished Lan Samantha Chang's book, which is coming in April, I think. Um, and I really had a good time with that. But, you know, you, you tend to read ahead, and I seem to be reading in April right now, and that's when Andy's book is coming out. Yeah, we'll put a plug in there. Yeah. that's. It feels like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you what I'm going to read after that. <laughs> exciting. So um, another exciting thing is that it, the Readers is going to turn 30 at the end of November. Yeah. How long have you been a part of the Readers family? This is my 15th year. And... Like I said, it feels like home. And so I've been here half of Reader's Time. That's a good thing. Yeah, that's a great thing. That is. Some amazing stories I'm, I'm sure you've seen throughout the years. Yeah, but don't ask me what they are. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I won't. Don't worry. Um, so besides selling books, which you do a marvelous job at, we have a beautiful collection that manages to bring me in every time, and I can't seem to leave ever without buying a book good that's a plan it's it's almost too much dude you've got to tone it down or something but you've also been on the board of sos for many years that's right what kind of got you involved in that and how has that uh, augmented your experience in the community well it's funny that i i got involved with sos because the bookstore i was working at closed mm. and i was sort of footloose and fancy free and my friend and neighbor Elizabeth Kemp said, what are you doing on Tuesdays and Thursdays? And I said, well, I don't know, what do you want me to do? And she said, we make burritos at St. Leo's, you need to come and do this. And she got me totally involved in the burrito and the brown baggers, which is part of SOS. And then from there, I found this was something that felt good. I like to feed people. And that's sort of how I got into it and became just a board member. And it's become sort of my other passion. It's taking care of other people. Uh, there's, you know, it's a justice thing. We all deserve to have a place to live, to have enough to eat. And that was sort of my way into that world. And yes, it, it is another piece of this community. And I talk about SOS to people who I'm selling books to when, when it comes up. Or people will yell at something out from the door. Hey, what, what's going on with this at SOS? <laughs> Sometimes not so good, but <laughs> nonetheless. Uh, I'm sort of out in front of everybody, and that's a good thing because then I can sort of push that other side of my my life. Mm -hmm. Well, it's funny that you say it's another side. It's all kind of nourishment. You nourish people with food, and you nourish them with the books that you provide. It's all true. We're going to have to take a quick break, but we'll be right back on Hello Sonoma with Jude Sales on KSVY. Sonoma, welcome back. We're here with Jude Sales once again. So what do you think? You've seen thousands and thousands of books. You spend hours looking through catalogs. You make meticulous selections so that all the shelves here can be attractive and interesting to so many different customers. What do you think makes a great book, and how do you find one? Boy, that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, 
it, it's different for different people. I am interested in characters. I'm interested in reading about people that are having experiences different than my own so that I can know more of the world. It's an empathy kind of thing for me. And I like to find out about how other people act in different situations so that I can perhaps mirror that in my own life or say, I'm never going to act like that if this happens to me. Um, but the books that I care most about tend to be very strong characters. And that's, I guess, what, what I look for when I'm choosing a book. And when I'm trying to sell you a book, I'm mostly telling you plot lines so that you get ingra ingrained in the story. Um, but the characters and, and the people are what are interesting to me. It's how to see the world without ever leaving. Yeah, you said that in an interview once, that a book is a great way for you to, to leave your home. You say it better than me. <laughs> I don't know what I was saying at the time, but it is, you know, it, it's how to travel without leaving. That's it's exactly that what you said. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny also, a friend of mine in the wine industry once told me that the way to find that that wines can be intimidating, you're always unsure, you know, what's what's the good wine, what's the fancy wine? And she said, you know the secret to finding the best wine? Taste them. <laughs> Whichever one you like the best. <laughs> Same thing with books, absolutely. Wow, well, um, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you, Jude. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Francisco. It was fun. <laughs> Once again, that was our interview with Jude Sales. Um, up next is our final interview in the Reader's Book Series with Andy Weinberger, the owner and founder of the store. This is a fun interview, but before we start, I wanted to play a little piece of this song called Anthropology by Charlie Parker, just to get us going. We'll be right back with Andy Weinberg on Hello Sonoma. Hi, Andy. Welcome to the show. You having a good day so far? Uh, yeah, pretty good. Well, I hope you're excited. I'm so excited to have you on the show because your your 30th anniversary is coming right up. Can you tell me about what that was like? Um, I, I wrote a uh, I wrote a uh, a whole uh, piece about about what uh, 30 years was like, and um, and you know what we went through and what you know why we came and all of that and you know some of the people that that uh, we brought and the reason we started the bookstore and this and that. And then uh, that there's a little, it's a little kind of an essay about that. And then there, we have a list of all our best sellers from like 2011 to 2021 and, uh, and, and all kinds of categories. And, uh, and then there are a bunch of authors that we got or a few authors to uh, uh, write uh, testimonials about their experience at the bookstore. And that's been fun. Uh, Emma Klein, you know her? I do. She's, uh, yeah, she, she's written this best-selling book. And Lynn Downey and Kathy Seveno. I think that's it. Else. Yeah, that's what we got. And, um, and then uh, Rosie wrote a piece about uh, what the future might portend. Uh, and, then I, and then I had this uh, 
this uh, brochure, kind of a brochure with a picture of Lilla on it, uh, talking about her life and, and her interaction with the bookstores, naturally part of that. So wow. we stick where we're in, we're enclosing that inside that. But the, the, the party is going to be, you know, uh, not just about her, but it's going to be, we're doing like 30% off for the whole store. And, uh, uh, my, my, uh, I have a, I have a, uh, a friend now who has put out a, uh, crossword puzzle about reader's book <laughs> and, uh, and there's, and then there are all the, there's a raffle we're running, uh, uh, we have 20 uh, packages of brand new books, hot titles in in all sorts of categories, uh, gardening and uh, cooking and kids books and, uh, uh, you know, uh, best-selling novels and this kind of thing. Anyway, there's 20, 20 packages that uh, we, we got from publishers who, in honor of the anniversary, a lot of it, and um, and so we are we are raffling those things off, uh, and they, the money from the raffle will go into this fund that I set up for Lilla to uh, to give to a high school senior to help defray some of their college costs the next year. Um, uh, so that's you know I've been I've been funding it myself for the last two years. I've been putting in like a thousand dollars my own money. Um, now I'm inviting the public to join in. And uh, and so we we've racked up a whole lot more money for this. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so it's going to be it's going to be fun, you know. We'll, so we'll that'll be that runs to the end of the month, and we're going to have you know cake and champagne and stuff like that. All the fun the stuff. The usual, the usual stuff. Yeah. So that's the party, and that's the package for Saturday. And then on Sunday, I'm going to be reading from my forthcoming novel. Uh, which won't be out until April, unfortunately. But but I have uh, advanced reading copies of it, and uh, and uh, and I'm going to be reading from that a little bit, and get, just to give people a taste. And if they want to pre-buy it, they can. They just have to wait till April. That's all. <laughs> that's okay. A little suspense never hurt anyone. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Well, this is a suspense novel. So. There you go. It's uh, kind of fitting. Yeah. So that's that that's the weekend that's the weekend right there more or less that sounds like a lot of fun so you touched on some really great stuff there this is your 30th anniversary of readers books on the 27th uh-huh. did you ever expect when you started this this little store in 1991 that you'd be celebrating 30 years no <laughs> i didn't i didn't know what to expect uh, you know uh when we started it all we knew was that uh, we wanted to be. We were. We were leaving New England, and we were tired of being in New England. And we wanted to get into some kind of a bookish world, and uh, and we wanted to start a bookstore. And I, I think I told you before that my best friend in uh, the Berkshires, where we used to live, uh, had a bookstore, and we were thinking about opening a store there, but we didn't want to go into competition with him because he was hanging on by his fingernails. And, uh, and uh, so we, we just thought if we, this would be a nice way to spend time. How much time I didn't realize, <laughs> but, uh, you, know, I mean, you know, you know, normally my, you know, my father had a drugstore that he ran for five or seven years and got out of it. And that was kind of the high point of his life. But uh, I, I didn't, I didn't sort of envision it going beyond that but i didn't know what was beyond that anyway so 
you never know what you're going to be end up doing right you, you certainly <laughs> don't i mean you came here and you wanted to start this little bookstore and you've transformed it into one of the key businesses and cultural hubs of the valley how do you think it's been able to hang on so long and be such a, a powerful force uh well powerful force i don't know about powerful force, <laughs> but, uh i think those are your words those are my I words think, uh yeah uh, I think we were partly it was luck. Uh, partly we were we we came in at a point in '91 when uh, Sonoma was was in transition from becoming a uh, a largely agricultural town uh, to more of a destination and tourist and uh, a, a culture center on its own. And and people from San Francisco and Berkeley and beyond were thinking that this was a place they like to come and raise their children. And these were people who read the New York Times and and uh, were not, you know, they were city people more. And we thought this town was, was a likely spot for that. Uh, if we'd come five years earlier uh, with the kinds of the model or bookstore we had in mind, I don't know that it would have succeeded. Uh, so it was, it was partly luck. Uh, also, uh, there, there was one other bookstore in town that had been around for a long time, and uh, it, they didn't do events. They didn't do outreach to the public, and, and we did. We, that, was the, that was what we wanted to do. And, uh, um, and I think the people, people took to it. So, you know, I don't know. Um, uh, and then, you know, that, that store is now gone and we're the only bookstore in town and Sonoma is like the number five or seven destination spot in the country for vacations. Uh, <laughs> people come here for weddings and wine tasting and all kinds of hazari. So, uh, um, you know, that, that helps, but it's changed. It, it has changed our customer base a little bit. We have a lot more tourists now than we did initially. It used to be about 80% locals and 20% tourists. Now that number has flipped, really? you know? Uh, I mean, it's not that we still don't have the locals. The locals are there and they've grown, you know, they're, they're still there in the same numbers, uh, but the tourist numbers have increased exponentially. So you have to adjust your inventory accordingly, you know? Right, um, well... Well, my, speaking of vacations, my mother is a voracious reader. She's been reading all of her life. She has shelves and shelves of books. And she always told me that when you go to a new town, either for vacation mm -hmm. or to live, the first thing you got to make sure to check out is the bookstore. And when she mm -hmm. came to Sonoma, uh, readers was a big draw. And since then, it's been where I've been able to go and check out books and you know, influence a large part of my childhood. And I think that a, like you said, a good thing that Readers does is reach out to the community. You've been hosting events there for a long time, and you've created mm -hmm. this kind of powerful Readers community in, in Sonoma. What, else, what do you think has contributed to that? I mean, how do, you, how do you create that kind of sense of community in a bookstore? Well, I think the community was always there kind of waiting to happen. I think uh, people, you don't just move to Sonoma because it's a pretty town. You, you, uh, you know, you, uh, there are reasons uh, people, people 
think it's a charming town. It has these little boutiques and stores and that has, you know, it's a feels like a safe town. It feels like a town that that time forgot in some way. Um, but uh, it was there. I think the, uh, you, you can see that it, it, it come out in, in under stress too, like during the last series of fires, you yeah. watch, you watch the community come out and uh, uh, go to bat for one another. Um, I think, I think it's, it's, uh, it's a town that has the community. They, they didn't, they may not have had the cultural uh, uh, edge that, that we wanted to add to it. Um, before that, but I think there were always, you know, decent people here uh, who looked out for one another. Uh, so the community was was there uh, in one form or another. Uh, we just we just you know changed their direction a little bit and got them thinking about books and uh, authors and issues and stuff like that. Well, you've done a great job. the The motto of readers is the gathering place for book lovers of all ages, and I think you've yeah. really fostered that in the community. Now I want to talk about yeah. you, Andy. You uh, have been in the book business for a little while, and recently you started as a writer with the Amos Perisman Mysteries. Um, tell us about how that got started and and how that's okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I've been a writer since I was uh, age twelve or so, but uh, I, I started out as a poet, uh, and uh, I went to. I ended up going to the University of New Mexico to study poetry with Robert Creeley. Uh, did I tell you that story about my father not being happy about that? No, please. <laughs> he wasn't happy about that. Because uh, he, he uh, uh, the University of New Mexico has a big poetry scene and uh, he grew up in the Great Depression and wanted me to go to some place that would get me a job like a like a, a an accountant or a lawyer or a doctor, something with a paycheck paycheck attached to it, you know, because that's that's his upbringing, right? And he was, you know, and uh, he didn't see me making it as a poet. Uh, <laughs> he was a pharmacist. Uh, we we uh, most of his life, and he a doctor friend of his persuaded him that the world needs poets, you know. So he. <laughs> In, in in anyway he relented and 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 paid my my tuition to go to the University of New Mexico which is an out of state school and uh, I studied poetry there among other things I studied Chinese history there too and other philosophy but about midway through my junior year I uh, I called him up uh, from Albuquerque and I said Dad I've had this epiphany and I I realized I'm not going to make, I'm never going to make a living as a poet. <laughs> and he said, yeah. And, he, and, uh, and uh, he's, I said, and I want to do something more commercial. And he said, great. What do you want to do? And I said, I want to write novels. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a long silence on the phone between Albuquerque and Pasadena where he lived. And uh, anyway, He's like, oh God, here we go again. And uh, so, uh, anyway, he, I, I graduated from there, and I tried to be a novelist for many years, and uh, you know, work odd jobs, and uh, the, 
by then I'd gotten married and my wife Lilla was working jobs off and on and we we supported each other in our dreams and so I wrote I wrote a bunch of I wrote four novels in the, the 80s and I had an agent and one of them almost got published which and I'm very grateful that it didn't get published now uh, I, it had uh, she took it around and it got uh, 29 rave rejection letters oh, man. the the the, uh, the consensus was that they would have published it they would publish it if it was a little bit longer what uh, and I was I was a little upset about that because I said you know the book was the book and I I, I was too much of an artiste about it you know uh, I said, you know, the baby is born. You don't add another leg to it once it's out, right? <laughs> That's what I told my agent, and <laughs> so uh, and uh, and uh, and she agreed. And I said, let this book go. I'll write you another book, a longer book. Okay. So I sat down, and it took me about three or four years to finish another novel. And I finished that, and I sent it in to her, and my agent hated it. And I had been sitting there, you know, I was in my early, early mid forties, I don't know. And I'd been working on this thing, staring at the screen for years and it, it had come to nothing. And I thought, this is crazy. So I stopped writing at that point. And I went out and joined a klezmer band and I had fun, you know, I, I played my, my guitar and, and uh, at bar mitzvahs and weddings and things and and uh, with this band and we got applauded and fed and paid sometimes you know mm -hmm. it was great <laughs> instant gratification and um, and I went out and got a straight job it was good and I, I stopped writing until uh, we got back into the bookstore business which was oh I don't know about ten ten years after that maybe and. Um, and uh, and then I was writing the, the newsletter at the store, which was just a, you know, a periodical thing. But uh, then Lilla, Lilla and I moved to L.A. for a while. She got a job down there and um, she had been involved in politics for a long time. And the job that she had now and then in L.A. was not one that ended with an election. Well, in, in LA, she was she was she became the executive director of something called the National Foster Youth Institute, which was a brainchild of uh, Congresswoman Karen Bass. Uh, you may have, may have heard of her. She's, mm -hmm. she's been named, she's running for mayor, I think now in yeah. LA. Um, or, uh, so, uh, anyway, so she was working. It was a high-powered job, and and she would have to be there. And so we moved down there. I all I had to do, I was sitting on the ninth floor of an apartment of a twelve-story apartment building. All I had to do was think about what to make for dinner, you know. Right. And uh, when when Lilla came home, and that was that wasn't enough for me. So I started writing again, and out of that came Amos Parisman. And not well. Let's toot your horn here, Andy. It's the best-selling book in reader's history, isn't it? The first one? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> well, we got all kinds of Sonomans backing the Amos Parisman series. Little did you know. 
little did I know it's true. It's been, it's been remarkable. Remarkable indeed. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be right back with Andy Weinberger on Hello Sonoma. Welcome back once again. I'm here with Andy Weinberger, the founder and owner of Reader's Books. Let's, let's hop in where we left off. So how has this writing, I mean, you've been a writer, uh, like you mentioned, all your life. Off and on all my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How has this, this new uh, writing project affected your, your view on, on reading and on the books in the store? I don't get as much time to read. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I mean, I'm, I am reading a book right now, but that's, uh, that's not my own. But uh, What book uh, is that? I'm reading uh, The Lincoln Highway, the yeah. uh, Amir Towles book. He's the guy that wrote The, the Gentleman from Moscow. And, yes, that's a great book. Yeah, yeah. So his, his new one is, is called The Lincoln Highway. It's a, takes place in 1954. It's this kind of uh, road trip uh, adventure with these kids who are, uh, got out of a reform school. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a very heartfelt kind of thing. And, uh, and he's a, he's a good writer. That guy's a really good writer. It's a long book though. So I, I read it at night before I fall asleep. So <laughs> I'm, good... it's slow going, but I'm I'm really liking it. Anyway. So, so you really like that book and I'm sure you've had countless great books that you keep on your shelves. What do you think is the difference between an okay book and a great book? Um, well, for me, uh, what I what I look for are there are three things. There's there's the character, the writing, and the plot. Of those three, the plot is the least interesting mm-hmm. to me. Um, uh, uh, and the writing, the writing, sort of interesting, you know. But but I I most I mostly uh, am interested in a character that I can root for. Character that I care about. If I, I my my feeling is, if you don't care, if you don't fall in love with that character that you're reading about, or that, you know, then then what difference does it make what happens in the story? You know, right? It's 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 to me. So that's I mean that's been my my whole premise with the Amos Parisman books that I want I want you to fall in love with this guy. I want you to you know to resonate with him. Yeah, and and the side characters as well. Maybe not the villains, but <laughs> but uh, but uh, they they don't. I don't want them to be uh, poorly drawn. I don't want cardboard characters. You know. Hmm. Well, you do it. You so, do an excellent job. Well, thank you. That's um, sweet. And you've done an incredible job too with all with your history at readers' books. I think I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about. Uh, Lilla and how how she played a role in in creating readers and in making that space the way it is today. The whole thing was her idea. She didn't just play a role. <laughs> this was this was her her idea uh, from the beginning. Uh, she she uh, was she was sort of uh, it, when we lived in the Berkshires. She had uh, been at this place called the Women's Services Center, which was a um, an organization that took care of uh, battered women and women getting pro se divorces from their husbands and uh, uh, trying to get 
funds for women to get businesses established, that kind of thing. And uh, she went in as a counselor and very soon became the uh, executive director of this place. Mm-hmm. And uh, and in the process, she built a, a, a or raised all the money for a, a battered women's shelter in in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, which is still still there and still operating. It was the first one in the whole state. And uh, it was like a couple million dollars she raised. So um, they had to have, you know, certain, a lot of security concerns and safe rooms and all these kinds of things that they build into these shelters now. Because if you're running away from an abusive spouse, you, you've right. got to be safe. So um, anyway, she was doing all of that. And she had sort of reached the top of her level in that field in in that in that little bailiwick and the only other thing left for her to do was to run for congress and she didn't want to do that (laughs) i mean that was the next step you know and uh or some public office and and uh she she was a little i guess she was a little bored with what she was doing and uh we used to come out here in the during the winter the kids would have a winter break and we'd come out to Sonoma to, uh, to have a vacation. My brother had been here for many years and with his family and my parents retired from Pasadena up here. And uh, so we'd come out to visit, you know, and um, she was walking around the plaza one day with my sister-in-law and noticed there wasn't a New England style bookstore in town. Mm-hmm. It was literary, this, that, and the other. There was, there was something there, but nothing nothing to write home about. And my sister-in-law said, oh, yeah, there used to be something a long time ago. These doctors' wives had had a bookstore, and everybody loved it. And then for personal reasons, it closed, and everybody would really like one. So the wheel started turning in her head, and she came back from this vacation with the kids, and she said to me, you know, we should quit our jobs and sell the house and everything here and uh, move back to Sonoma and start a bookstore. And uh, in, in, it was just kind of like that. And and wow. uh, I said, looked at her and I said, okay. <laughs> and and normally when, you know, a husband and wife have that conversation, it doesn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, with us, we put the house on the market. And two days later, we got an offer. And uh, this was like 19, I don't know, 90, 91, early 91. Anyway, uh, that fell through, but then the next offer was fine. So all of a sudden, we were moving back to California. <laughs> and uh, and it, was, it was kind of on a whim, you know? Most of, most of my, my big decisions in life, I've decided or made whimsically. Uh, that's what that's what seems to be the case and it seems to turn out pretty okay so far so good well what (laughs) i love what i love about that story is that uh, in my my the way i look at books is that books are often about a good book lets you transport it into a dream world or into a, a, a new possibility of of what could be and for you both to decide to start this bookstore in sonoma and uh, to have it live for 30 years and to be such a staple of the Sonoma community, that's, that might seem like a dream, but you've been able to make it into a reality. And for that, we're so grateful. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's true. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a, uh, a wild ride and a, a good ride. I, I, I'm, I'm very grateful too because I, I've, I've learned a lot. I've met a lot of wonderful people, a lot of you know great authors, and and uh, got to hobnob with some people and uh, have fun. It's 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 all about having fun, Francisco. <laughs> At this stage in a life, especially. It really <laughs> has been. It really is. And it's been a lot of fun talking with you today, Andy. Again, everybody who's listening on the Saturday, the 27th is the 30th anniversary at Readers. 30% off the whole store. Bring your friends, bring your family. It's going to be a great time. Yeah, you bet. I'll see you there. Thanks again so much to Andy, Brian, and Jude for sitting down for these interviews. It was so much fun to peek behind the curtain of Readers Books and to see all the amazing effort that goes into making it so special. Again, on Saturday the 27th is their 30th anniversary extravaganza right at Reader's Books. Um, It's going to be a great time. Until then, remember, it's not goodbye. It's hello, Sonoma. Thanks so much for tuning in.